0: I know why you're asking this question, because I'm very high in conscientiousness. That was probably my highest personality trait on the test when I took the big five. I think I was in the 90s. And you're asking this question because, and I've gotten better, but I was the one who had the binder and I had it divided into accommodations where we're staying. I had the maps of going from point A to point B. Now this is pre having maps on your phone.
1: This is Life, Love and Money. With Dr. Angela K. Love, the podcast for couples who want to get a handle on their finances and strengthen their marriage at the same time, we take deep dives into the money challenges most married couples face and get real about them, plus practical tips on how to ensure a rock-solid future for your money and your marriage. Now, Dr. Angela K. Love.
0: Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Angela Love.
1: And I'm your co-host, Phil Love. Welcome to the Life, Love, and Money podcast. We appreciate everybody who's listening today. In our last episode, we talked about personality traits, and began to explore how those impact your money decisions. We talked about that Dr. Ange uses the Big Five personality test, which you can find on her website, and it comes up with five different personality types, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And we spent a bunch of time talking about openness and really kind of unpacking that to get an understanding of how somebody who is high in openness, how they save, how they work, how they spend their money. Today, we want to get into the conscientiousness part. So the conscientiousness trait, and where I kind of left off last time, Ange, was that if you had one spouse that's very open and you had another spouse that's conscientious, it seems like to me that that could be a mix of kind of like some oil and water that you would see. They don't necessarily go well together. So could you first kind of explain What does a conscientiousness mean in terms of the personality trait?
0: Well, conscientiousness is someone who's controlled, purposeful, persistent, and... That's different than the openness of someone who's open to new ideas. They tend to be more imaginative and creative. They're more down to earth and they tend to think more outside the box. And so they would be the persons who would be there is no box. Whereas a person that's high in conscientiousness would be here is the box for you to work with inside of.
1: If you have somebody that's conscientious, How are they going to approach saving? What's their attitude going to be toward that?
0: So someone who's high in conscientiousness, they tend to have higher savings and less debt. They tend to be more your planners, uh, more organized. They're more intentional and they're persistent about managing their money. Uh, They're the ones that would go out and be like, I'm not going to spend this extra money today because I have dedicated this money on X, Y, and Z. They tend to have higher incomes and the income that they earn is for increasing their contentment, and they seem to be a little bit more balanced than in their investments. They don't like to take risk with their money, and they tend to give money to friends and family, however, because that's seen as a little bit different. If friends and family need help. They tend to be, okay, I'll help you out, and they're more likely to shop at thrift stores or discount stores.
1: It sounds like that the conscientious person on a saver side is very systematic. Yes. So they're going to be the ones that they get a paycheck, and they're going to say, okay, I'm going to put 15% aside every time that I have a, you know, a paycheck. They're probably the ones that when the company's signing them up for the 401k plan, they're the first in line because it's a systematic thing that money is coming out every time, and they're, over time, they're building up savings. And it sounds like from what you said on the spending part, they're also very disciplined in how they spend their money. Is that something that you found in your research?
0: Yeah, they tend to want to save money. So they're the ones that look for the deals. They would probably go into a store like Kohl's or JCPenney's or their favorite clothing store and they would go to the clearance rack first. And that's after they've probably gone to a discount store or the thrift store. So they're always looking for those deals and not just with clothing. Maybe they're looking for those deals when it comes to eating out, going on vacations, that sort of thing. They probably are your people that like to, cut coupons they're the ones that'll do the meal planning. They're probably a little bit more wired to do the 30-day meal where you make all your food all day Saturday and then you have your meals for the week or for the month. And they're probably ones that would be more likely to take something like, let's say, you know, how we do, we take plastic and we go, oh, we're not going to throw these plastic containers, cottage cheese containers or these jars away. We keep them to use them for storage out in our barn.
1: Well, of course, if you can repurpose something, it just makes sense that if it's possible to use it that way and you have a farm you end up utilizing all sorts of little containers for parts or tools or anything like that that you have
0: sure and that's what person with high conscientiousness is more like that someone who is not high on conscientiousness they would probably look at that and go why would you bother to do that it would just add clutter
1: Hmm. how does a conscientious person approach work
0: As I mentioned in the opening, conscientiousness is people that are controlled, they're purposeful, they're persistent. They're the ones that would keep a team on track. Uh, They are the ones that want to make sure that you meet the deadlines. They probably are the ones that are going to set the realistic deadlines and make sure that everybody is meeting their deadlines and getting reports in on time and that sort of thing. They are also the ones that are going to be very thorough. They would be the ones that would read through reports and make sure that things are accurate. They also are very resourceful. If you need any sort of materials or tools, they would be the ones to go and get that. They are not impulsive. So they would be someone that would be hard to, if you wanted to pivot in the middle of a process or a plan or something like that, that would be hard for them to do that. They would have to go, okay, this doesn't go along with the plan or the the steps that we said that we're going to do. And they would want to look into that a little bit further. And they tend to not be procrastinators. They would probably have a hard time with someone who procrastinates a lot.
1: So conscientious person, it sounds like they like routine. Yep. They like disciplined habits. Right. Structure.
0: They like the box.
1: Sounds like that these are the things that they do and everything they do is purposeful. Probably not routine just for the sake of this is a rut that I'm in. But it's routine in the fact that this is how we get this task done. We have to do A, B, C, and D. And we do it in that order exactly every time and we will get the result that we want.
0: They're the persons that worked really well with someone who's probably openness in the sense that people that are high in openness they're the ones that are imaginative and creative they're the visionaries and so if you're a visionary but you're like this is what i want this is my vision but i'm not quite sure how to make this happen you could take that to someone who's high in conscientiousness and they would take that and go i can make this happen for you because they are structured they are resourceful they will figure it out they will create that plan and they will make sure that that happens
1: how does a conscientious spouse like to travel Or do they travel at all? (laughs)
0: I know why you're asking this question because I'm very high in conscientiousness. That was probably my highest personality trait on the test when I took the big five. I think I was in the 90s and you're asking this question because, and I've gotten better, but I was the one who had the binder and I had it divided into accommodations where we're staying. I had the maps of going from point A to point B. Now this is pre having maps on your phone.
1: Well, let's face it. Whenever things went electronic to your phone, you faced a crisis in your life. Because the binder became completely, non is not needed anymore.
0: You're right. It took me a long time to say yes to getting a smartphone. In fact, I think you had a cell phone several years before I would even entertain having a cell phone. And that was before the smartphone came out. And then the smartphone came out and I was still, no, I've got to have the binder. And it even had a section for attractions and what we're going to do. And that is how a person, high in conscientiousness, does travel is they're very planned and organized they might even have a binder
1: i remember one of the first airplane rides that we took together where i had all my stuff on my phone my boarding pass everything like that and you still had your printout tickets I did. That you couldn't get to the point where, hey, I'm, I'm okay using the phone. I've got to have things how they were before.
0: I had a hard time transitioning. And that's probably a good snapshot of someone who's high in conscientiousness.
1: So if you have an open spouse and a conscientious spouse together that you're looking at, and you've got this open spouse that's saying, okay, i am researched these things. I like these new places where to put our money, where to invest. And the conscientious spouse is used to... I'm going to stick the money in the bank account to earn money on in interest or maybe a savings bond or something that they're used to that they understand. What sort of conflicts are you seeing or could there be between these two spouses since they have such a different view of investing?
0: Someone high in openness, they're like you said, they're going to be more open to different types of investments if they go and talk to a financial planner or maybe they just are into looking at the stock market or different investments on their own. They might come to their spouse who's high in conscientiousness and say, hey, there's this really great investment. I think we should do it. The person that's high in conscientiousness is probably going to just at first be like, oh no, I don't want to do anything that seems risky. And someone in high in openness, like we talked about in the previous episode, is they do their homework. They do research if they look into it. They're just more open to the ideas a lot quicker. And someone who's high in conscientiousness, they would have to be convinced. So that spouse, that openness spouse would have to present all of that information, help them feel comfortable, help them feel safe and secure in the decision.
1: Probably could have some frustrations to the openness spouse because they've already done the research and are ready to just jump on it, but they have to convince the conscientious spouse maybe even more with more research that they think is not necessary as to why they should invest in this or put their money here.
0: And someone who's high in openness also may be a little bit, because they're so open, they may overlook the negatives of an investment, they may overshadow like, oh, that's no big deal, things that are negative about an investment. And so really can be a good balance between someone who's high in openness and someone who's high in conscientiousness because the person high in conscientiousness can start really questioning well what about this or what about that and it's things that the person who's high in openness would have to address
1: okay you have an open and conscientious spouse and they go to buy a truck and what do you see there some possible challenges between you know conflict between the two so
0: we're in that process we have a truck that's costing us a lot of money to keep running effectively and we're to the point where we're spending so much money each year that it's almost the price of a car payment. We have decided that we need to look at replacing that truck and we went and looked and you tend to be higher on openness but you're also high on conscientiousness. You're actually higher on conscientiousness than you are openness but you're way higher in openness than I am and you're a little bit more open to different things. I am a little bit more nervous about the idea of spending money on a truck and is there any way we can buy a little tiny truck that can do the same thing, but then I know that we need a bigger truck because we have a farm and all the needs that we have with that. And so you're more open to different features and things that are going on and I'm just nervous about the whole thing.
1: Sure and part of it is I guess there could be a lot of stress that I would see with the open spouse and the conscientious spouse together when they're looking at major purchases or just basic spending. How they go about looking at things and how they spend money where the open spouse may have done his research and say okay if I can get this tool this makes my life easier over here and I can get this task done with a conscientious conscientious spouse may be towing the budget and saying, Oh wait a minute this is not really in the budget and if we spend the money here then you're just better off not getting it. It seems like that the conscientious spouse from what you described is going to be one that really follows the budget closely.
0: It's more of a can we continue to make repairs? Is there a point of where you make enough repairs that the truck is going to be okay for a while and you won't have to do any repairs maybe for a year or two? Or is it going to continue down the road and is it an old truck and it's got a lot of miles? Is it at the end of its useful life and do we need to go ahead and get a new truck. The conscientious person, such as myself, will probably gravitate towards the safety of having the money and not having either car payment or taking money out of your savings because they want to feel safety. And so they'll overlook what's been spent so far because they don't want to take money out of savings or they don't want to have that loan payment. Whereas someone who's open is going to be like, it's going to be okay. At this point, we're spending so much money on it. We might as well take that money and put it into a new vehicle that's more
1: reliable. If the conscientious people or spouse, if they are really following a budget, I imagine with the high inflation that we've seen over the past year or so, it's got to really make a lot of stress on the conscientious spouse and how they're spending money, just even on necessities.
0: True, and we've gone out and just regular grocery shopping has doubled, it seems. We get the same type of items, and so in doing that, you're expecting that when you check out with that cart, that it's going to be a certain dollar amount, they ring you up and it's twice what you've been spending and get a little bit nervous with that. And then with all the things that are in social media and the news and it's a presidential election year. And so you start to feel a little bit nervous about that. Folks are saying that we're going to have a hard year. Some are saying a depression, some are saying a recession, some are saying it's just going to be just a really, really bad year inflation-wise. Do you want to go out there and spend that money On a truck when you feel like things are unsettled and you don't know what's in the future, what's in the forecast.
1: So prioritize. In other words that you would have on that we've gone over openness we've gone over conscientiousness the next one you have is extroversion kind of explain what is extroversion with your big five personality traits
0: someone who's high in extroversion they're high energy they're positive they're action-oriented they're enthusiastic they like to be around other people they're the type of people that would rather go out to dinner with their group of friends than stay home by themselves or just with their spouse uh they are just kind of go 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 and the interesting thing about extroversion is you and I are introverts But some people would be like, there's no way you guys seem very extroverted. I wanted to bring this out because you can learn how to be extroverted. Or if you're extroverted, you can learn how to be quiet when that's called for in a particular situation. And so you and I have always kind of been in jobs or in situations where we've had to be out there and meet people and talk to people. And so we've learned that skill of being extroverted. But we both tend to be introverted, I tend to not really start opening up up and talking to people until I really get to know them. But I can chit chat and talk and ask questions and try to get people to talk about themselves when I need to do that.
1: Let's talk about how does an extrovert save? What's their approach to savings?
0: So an extroverted person, because they're so high energy and they like to be out there and they like to be doing things and they like to be around people, they tend to have debt. They tend to have more debt. They tend to spend their savings and it's because they like to meet their needs. They want that instant gratification and they're typically more extravagant in their lifestyle because they're more socially interactive with others so they have excess spending they're the type of person that if they go out and there's a big group of people they would be the person that would say drinks are on me or if they go out with others they might be like oh I'll buy everybody's meal or I'll get all the pizza that sort of thing because they want to have people there they want to see people enjoying themselves and having fun that's the person who's high in extroversion they're the ones that say I want work so that I can play and they literally work so that they can go out and play and have fun.
1: I can see a lot of conflict just on the saving side if you had an extroverted spouse and a conscientious spouse. Absolutely. Together where
0: there'd be a lot of fighting going on.
1: Where one of them is is no we can't spend the money it's outside the budget uh, we have to save and the other is no let's go have let's go fun let's have a party let's do all this stuff. Right. How do, how does, and you've talked about the other side, since the extrovert is the one that has the debt, you talked about how extroverts, basically, they will spend. So they, they're they the ones that are spending, not savings. They're spending okay. to get gratification today as opposed to saving stuff for tomorrow. How does an extrovert approach work?
0: Well, extroverts would be your employees that or your coworkers that are more sociable they're more assertive outgoing they're not the ones that are introspective or quiet they typically are your salesmen they might be a journalist they sometimes will work in human resources that's a good fit for them because of the fact that they're so outgoing and sociable and like to be around people they're the ones that will be involved in the extracurriculars at work there's clubs or certain types of things that go on they're the ones that are going to be in the mix of all those things
1: so are extroverts planners?
0: No, they're more spontaneous.
1: So that would be a conflict there where you have the open person who has done a lot of research on whatever they want to do or buy and the extrovert that is not a planner. So you have one who's a detailed planner versus one that's very spontaneous.
0: Well, your detailed planner is your high conscientiousness and a open person, while they're assertive and they, they're high in intellect and they like to investigate, they're not necessarily your planners and your organized folks. It's not that they're not, it's just that's not, that wouldn't necessarily be something that they would gravitate towards.
1: But the extrovert is one who's wanting satisfaction right now. Right now. And also at the same time. Sounds like they want to get on the party bus and bring everybody along at the same time. And whatever the other problems or something like that are, those should just work themselves out later on. Right. I would, just based upon that, it sounds like that there's a high probability that people who are extroverts will be the ones that go into high debt and if they can't pay the debt, go to bankruptcy.
0: That could be, yeah. And that's going to cause conflict unless you have two introverts or extroverts. And if you have two extroverts who that are married together, which isn't common, but it can happen, then that would be something that they would experience is they might not fight over finances. They just might find themselves in a lot of financial trouble and then they're going into bankruptcy, which then could cause stress and cause fighting.
1: So that's interesting where you mentioned it, kind of rare when you would have two people that have are real high on the same trait that they would actually be together married. It typically, you have kind of that opposites-attracting type thing. Right. And it sounds like that the initial attraction of the opposite that you had with that person eventually turns into something that is a struggle and a challenge because you're wanting them to think And act the same way you do, yet you came into the marriage loving them because they didn't, and now you're wanting them to do that, which causes conflict. Interesting. We've gone over openness, conscientiousness, and extroversion. In our next episode, we will go over the final two traits of neuroticism and agreeableness. Thank you all for listening to the Life, Love, and Money podcast. Ange, why don't you tell them where they can get more episodes?
0: Go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening to. And if you happen to be listening through the website, you can just go ahead and sign up for the weekly digest and then you'll get notification. But if you could hit that subscribe button, that would be great. Thank you and have a great week.